Hi, and welcome to Quilt Connections. I'm Karen Ponichelle, and today we're talking with Nanette Zeller. Nanette is an author, instructor, and award-winning artist whose artwork and writings have been published internationally. She has been sewing since she was 10 years old and quilting since 2001. Her artistic voice is inspired by, na by nature, and her work is heavily embellished to create beautiful textures. Welcome, Nanette. Hi, Karen. How are you today? I'm very good, very good. Thanks for speaking with me today. Yeah. Um, I've seen you on Quilting Arts and wanted to talk more with you. Um, I saw you on the, the last episode of Quilting Arts maybe a week or two ago, and I was I was just blown away by, by your work. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Good, good. But I wanted to ask you, you know, some basic questions. How did you get started as a quilter? Um, as a quilter in general, I w I've been sewing since I was 10 years old. So, and I do all sorts of crafts. I knit, I crochet, um, all sorts of things. And in about 2001, a friend of mine contacted me. We knew, knew each other from a different, uh, from work. And she said, you know, want to join this quilt guild? And I'm like, you know, I don't quilt. I knit, I crochet, I don't, I don't quilt. And she says, well, just join me. I'm like, well, I'm kind of new to the area. I'll join to make some friends. And I was very resistant to start. And somebody, she actually gave me some fabric, and I started making log cabin blocks. And, oh, my gosh, that just started me going, and I haven't stopped since then. So I started out very traditionally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, doing every kind of pattern that I could get my hands on and started teaching very early into quilting. And about 2005, I just um, said, I'm tired of being too perfect. You know, I, I, um, I'm, I call myself a recovering perfectionist uh -huh. because I, I just was getting so uptight with my seams weren't matching and... You know, how do I get over that? And I was trying to forgive myself. And, and basically, for a while, I quit. I quit quilting altogether. Just for, forget it. Oh, really? Yeah. I just said, I, I, can't, I can't deal with this anymore. My life is very technical with work, and I don't need this extra stress of trying to be perfect with my hobby. And I met some people who were doing mixed media. Mm -hmm. And I started going to a mixed media guild. And I live in Southern Pines, North Carolina, and the guild was up in Raleigh. So we would go up to Raleigh and join this mixed media guild, and we did collage, three-dimensional stuff. And eventually, I looked at what I was creating in mixed media, and I said, well, fabric, you know, the canvas that's on, on a stretcher that a painter uses is fabric, and quilts are fabric. Mm-hmm. Why can't I use some of this mixed media stuff on quilting? Right. And so I came back into quilting as an art quilter. So that was about 2005 that I just switched all the traditional stuff off. I'm like, I want to make my own stuff. I want to do it in whatever technique I want to do. And then nobody can tell me I've done it wrong because there's no rules of what I'm doing. Exactly. It's, it's what I want to do. So that's the whole story of where, where I am today. Right, right. So, yeah, I know I felt that way, too, for a while, like the quilt police were after me, and then I yeah. started doing, you know, kind of mixed media painting, that kind of thing, and it was very freeing. It is. It's very freeing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So tell us what, uh, what kind of uh, techniques you, um, you use, you like to do, what's your favorite things to do? Because 
because of my diverse background, I've been playing with art since I was a little kid. Um, so I, ha I call it my toolbox. So I have all these things that I've learned or experimented with or read about. You know, I get Quilting Arts Magazine. I've been getting it almost since they started publishing it. Flip through it and go, wow, this is, that's a cool technique. Rip pages out. And so when I'm in the middle of a design, I get a vision of a, of a quilt that I want to make or art piece that I want to make. And I'm like, all right, you've got this vision. How do you approach it? Mm -hmm. And so each step along the way, I stop and I say, all right, how are you going to do that part? You know, so I do nature-inspired pieces, and maybe it's trees. All right, how are you going to do the trees? And I think about it. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to use cloth for that. And then I go, okay, how are you going to do the leaves? Hmm. How am I going to do the leaves? And I think about it. And sometimes it's straightforward. And sometimes it's like, well, do I thread paint the leaves? Do I uh, confetti the leaves? Do I um, make fine applique, you know, fusible applique, and use that for the leaves? But it all depends on what the design is telling me to do. So mm -hmm. I have all these resources. I can paint surface design leaves. And uh, so it's what is that art piece saying to me? So I go to my toolbox, my mental toolbox, and I say, okay, what what will create this for me? What will create this design for me? And that's how I decide. So it's a big, big variety of things. The more you know, the more resources you have is how I look at it. Sure, sure. So um, I, no I noticed, like, on the Quilting Arts episode that you um, – Yes, are inspired by nature, and you do a lot of, um, I, I noticed your bees and, um, like, insects. Those are really beautiful. Tell us how you um, create uh, some of those. Um, I, a lot of it, what I do is I go to either the Internet or right now I'm trying to do my own photography, and I look for pictures. Mm -hmm. You know, so you go do a Google search, and you say, okay, bees or dragonflies or butterflies. And I look at all the pictures, and I'm like, all right, how do they look? How do they sh shape? And my education is in wildlife biology. I have a master's degree in wildlife biology from North Carolina State University. Oh, wow. So a lot of what I try to do, I try to make it as accurate as possible. Mm -hmm. It's not whimsical piece pieces that I'm making. It's, all right, this is how a monarch butterfly looks. And I take these images and I figure out how I want the shape of them. And then I go into the computer and I use computer programs like uh, PaintShop Pro or Adobe um, Photoshop okay. or Corel Draw or whatever I have available to me. And I make line drawings mm -hmm. on the computer. And that becomes my applique template so I can then take that drawing that I've made on the computer and print out the pages and make the applique pieces and for people who don't have computer programs like that you could just take a photograph put it on a light box and trace the design yourself that way so you have a pencil drawing of a of an applique pattern I like to do it in the computer mm -hmm. so I can tweak it more and then I have a more permanent design that I could use over and over again and not a, a paper drawing. Okay. So. Mm -hmm. 
That's that, that's a really good um a good a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. And as far as embellishing, do you like to um, machine embellish? Do you like to hand embellish? Um, what are some of your tips for that? I am very much into thread painting, so a lot of my pieces have some sort of thread painting on it, some way, shape, or form. Sometimes it's just really dense quilting, which basically is what thread painting is. Free motion embroidery is another way of referring to thread painting. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the things what I do, and I think it was in the last program on quilting art that you saw, is where I do uh, thread-painted applique. And so I have the design, and I do all my thread work on it, and then I cut the design out and then put it on the art quilt itself. So I'm not – there are some artists who do all their thread painting on their finished quilt. Mm -hmm. I make the thread-painted units, and then I apply them to the quilt quite frequently. That's how I handle it. So it's a lot of machine thread work to add texture, add depth. I also use color pencils on occasion, so Mm -hmm. I'll have sort of a two-dimensional design applique, and I'll go in with color pencils, and I'll colorize it so it, it looks more three-dimensional mm-hmm. and I did do an article about that with quilting arts about two years ago oh, okay. so um, yeah how do you actually do that so it looks more realistic and sometimes I'll do the applique the thread paint or the applique the colored pencils and then I'll do the thread work on top of it so that it looks more like a textile piece than it does a drawing and sometimes lately what I've been doing, too, is that B itself, that was a watercolor painting that I did. Oh. And I scanned it into the computer, and then I sent it off to Spoonflower to have um, individual bees created. Oh. Uh-huh. And so that I can use the bees over and over again in that sense. But that was a watercolor piece that was not, became fabric after the fact. It was actually paper first, and then it became fabric from being printed at Spoonflower. Oh, very cool, very cool. I have not, I have not uh, used spoon flour. Um, uh, any tips on um, on doing that? I've been thinking about it, but um, can you tell us any more about about doing that? Well, there's a number of companies that do the same thing, and I don't know if you know who the Pixel Ladies are. Um, there's if you go to pixelladies.com. It's Oh, I can't think of their, their names. It's Chris Saki and I can't think of the, the other partner. But they do a lot of technical kind of blog posts. Oh, okay. And they did a series, a couple series on printing out with these companies that do um, print on fabric on demand. Mm-hmm. And it's a really good, really good article. If you Google them and Google that kind of information, you'll find their articles, and it's really helpful to, to see the step-by-step. But basically, you take an image, and the JPEG image is what they generally want, mm-hmm. and you upload it to their site, and you can print fat quarters or you could print yardage. Oh. And so it's like I have printed full like two yard pieces of fabric of one image. I have a osprey wing that I did that at one point that was a friend of mine's photograph and he allowed me to use it. And 
I printed this wing on two yards of fabric and made it one really long quilt out of it. So it's really helpful to have, again, as a tool. Mm-hmm. If um, you want to make something really, really big, or you have a digital image that you want to recreate and or multiple times. Okay. So it's and, and their their information is pretty straightforward. Okay. And how to, how do you do it? They have a lot of tutorials on their website as well. Oh, okay. So not as scary as <laughs> as no. it might sound. <laughs> no. And some people some people are really in tune to the color saturations that their fabrics have in the return. And I don't worry about that too much, but I did notice somebody was contacting me recently and said well you know I keep sending up samples to get tweaking colors and I've not quite tweaked the image in the digital program to get the saturation that I wanted you know what's your advice and what I have found is I can send the same image and have it print multiple times and it comes back different so sometimes it's more saturated sometimes it's less saturated so I don't know that it's really worth all the effort to try to fine-tune it to a point, uh, for me anyways, what mm-hmm. I, I do with it. I put the thread on top of it anyway, so it's like it's going to get covered up. Oh, Nobody's okay. really going to see. But mm-hmm. if you're trying to be more accurate with color, you might have to tweak it more in your editing software. Oh, okay, okay. Um, also, I'm interested in, you, you mentioned it a little bit ago, um, about colored pencils, and then you have an article um, about um, using colored pencils. Um, what kind of colored pencils do you use? I prefer Prismacolor pencils. Okay. okay. And it was another thing that I took a Prismacolor pencil class from a traditional artist, and it was just drawing on paper. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the pencils, and I said, well, I wonder, these have... Prismacolor has a really soft lead compared to other brands. Right. And I said, well, I wonder how it's going to work on fabric. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things with using colored pencils, for me, I've read different people doing the same technique and, and using, having different results with it. Mm-hmm. But for me, when I put the pencil down, it'll smear. So even when you're doing it on paper, you have to seal the paper. You have to spray put a spray fixative on it or something otherwise you touch it and smudges and the same thing on fabric if you put it on fabric you touch it you smudge and like we know textiles people want to touch it more often so you need to seal it somehow okay and so the article does include what i use um information about what i use i've heard some people had success heat setting i didn't with prismacolors i don't know if they're using different brands of colored pencils but I use a textile, um, it's a silkscreen fixative, basically, okay. that silk screeners use, and I paint it over the color pencils to, because it's a textile-based product or medium, mm-hmm. it doesn't give a really stiff hand. It really doesn't alter the fabric too much, mm-hmm. where if you use gel mediums, it's a little bit stiffer, and sometimes the gel mediums are too watery, so they bleed as so that you put all this work into a colored pencil on the fabric and you put the gel medium on and it's bleeding on you, that's not good. No. So this fixative um, that I used is great, and I could send you a, a link to it. Um, okay. After okay. The, maybe you could share that with your audience. Sure, sure, sure. And do you remember off the top of your head when, uh, when your article's in the um, Quilting Arts? Because I'd like to go back and read that. It was... 
year. Last year. Last okay. January 2018, the December January okay. copy. Okay, great, great. Because I'd like, I'd love to look that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I think um, you know, in your introduction, you said that you teach. What um, what kind of classes um, are you teaching lately? I'm teaching a lot of thread painting. I do teach a uh, feasible applique class mm-hmm. because that's something traditional quilters can use. You know, when when you're an art quilter yourself, you're on this fine line of what do you teach? So the traditional quilters don't don't gravitate towards the art stuff. There's a group of people who do gravitate towards that. And trying to teach in a quilting studio or a quilt shop, you'll get more students if it's something that crosses the line that both the traditional and the artist could use. So a lot of my classes fall that way right now so that it's something that a quilt shop could teach or guild or a quilt shop can hold or a guild could possibly be interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, my my thinking and my process is more towards the art style of, uh, you know, how to use the color pencils or how to put paint on fabric and, and that sort of thing. And that pushes the limit that a lot of traditional quilters, they, they find it more difficult. They want to do the more traditional stuff. So I do teach more of the artistic stuff as well. Oh, yeah. That's great. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. Let me um, also ask you, um, since you do uh, do a lot of uh, thread painting, um, what are what are some of your favorite thread threads to use? My favorite right now is Aurifil. Mm-hmm. Um, basically because the, the long cotton fibers that are in the thread, the thread doesn't break as much as some other brands that I've I've used and I love the bigger spools. You know, I there was another brand that I was really attracted to a few years ago, Presentia, which is hard to find. Mm-hmm. And I really like that, but the spools tend to be smaller. Right. And so you run out quicker, so you're in the middle of a project and you're out of thread. So I, I really love the Orifil mainly for this the staple of the cotton as well as the big spools that they have and um so many color choices. I mean, you get one of their color cards, and it's just amazing. Any color that you want, you can you can find it from Orifil. So, big fan. Big yeah. Fan of Me too. I love um, the um, the variegated as well. Mm-hmm. They're beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. So, also, um, uh, you d- you do paint, correct? Yeah. What's um What's some of your favorite paints that you like to use? Well, I'm kind of rogue in that sort of aspect. <laughs> um, I go to the art supply store and I have used Golden I have used um, I'm trying to think of the other brands I just go down the aisle and it's like if it's the right color it's what I get and I have even gone to like a paint store like a house paint store and picked up little samples and I've used that in some of my work um, uh, or go to the craft store Mm -hmm. and buy some craft paints I don't think for me the the paint and how I use the paint, I don't I don't worry too much. It's basically acrylic soft body paints is what I go for. Anything that will work like that and my pieces tend to be stiff if okay. I use those paints. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not I'm okay with that. I call it being crunchy that they're really kind of stiff fabrics but if people 
people are more interested in having a soft hand than they need to lean towards fabric paints, go to the fabric, the stores that sell fabric paints and use that so it's a softer feel in the end. Okay, great, great. Um, I guess uh, lastly, uh, what have you got uh, coming up um, uh, for the rest of the year and in, in the future? Any future plans, classes? What 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 can we look forward to? Yeah, well, um, I currently got accepted for another art exhibit with some friends locally. I'm always looking for opportunities like that to showcase my work, entering shows, national shows, uh, being inspired by their calls for entry and entering things. And I'm also working on some online classes that I will have on my website so that if people from other parts of the world want to take classes from me, they don't have to worry about traveling me all the way to their, their hometown. They could just sit in front of their computer and watch my classes online. So that's something that I'm looking forward to in the, in the very near future. Oh, that's exciting. That's mm-hmm. wonderful. Okay. Well, thanks so much for talking with me today. And to everyone out there, thanks for listening. And I hope um, you'll make a quilt connection soon. Thanks, Karen. Thank you.